everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of Writing into the Unknown. My name is Christina. And my name is Monica. And today we are going to be talking to you about putting your work out there, overcoming crippling perfectionism, and how to grow a platform. So very interesting topics that Monica and I are wanting to share with you all today. So first of all, Monica, I wanted to begin this podcast by asking you of any experiences you may have had right now or to date um, where you've made a fool of yourself, but you thought it was worth the risk? Kadish, that's a really good question, actually. You're putting me on the spot. I'm sure that I've had many moments where I felt like I made a, mo- a, f- I made a fool of myself and then I was probably really embarrassed of it and I went home and I was like why did I do that but then looking back it's like I'm glad that I put myself out there um I think I can't really think of one off the top of my head I might think of something better later on but I can think of for example in presentations um I had a presentation there was an event of of the Glasgow University Civil Engineering Society at uni and I said something that I wasn't very sure whether I should say it or not but I was like you know what just just say it and it was a bit awkward because the response that I got from the speaker wasn't exactly what I was expecting so I felt a bit awkward but I was like it's okay and I'm trying to think more on on the aspect of showing your work because that's what we'll be talking about today and kind of Yeah, kind of thinking about putting things out there. For example, when I started a community, I, I started a community two years ago called FemFit UK. And at first, I wasn't really sure how people are going to react to it, my friends, my circle, and what the sort of reaction would be towards it. But I was very, very positive, And I'm glad that I started it in the first place and I didn't let fear hold me back. And it was actually after reading this book called Show Your Work by, I think it's by Austin Cleon. Yeah, by Austin Cleon. And it kind of talks about, you know, not fearing. I mean, we will be diving into these topics in a second, but it kind of talks about just showing your work out there, putting your work out there and the more work you put out, the more people get to know you through your work and the better your work gets as well over time. And just show the people kind of like what you're interested in, your passions, and don't feel like you're exposing too much of yourself. A lot of the time I feel like we don't want to show our work because we feel like people are going to copy us or we're going to have, we're going to get plagiarized or whatever. But I think it's just important to to kind of show people what you're working on and then that way that's how you sort of connect with others as well by you know yeah just sharing and being open and and authentic and vulnerable in that way yeah I think it's a very important point the one that you just made about being vulnerable because I think it is an essential part of really connecting with your audience whatever your product or platform is in which you're conveying your message um, enable it will enable people to really 
understand you for what you represent and really help you get your message across. So another very important aspect of, you know, putting your work out there is for it to be really authentic. And I think that it is those people who are most authentic that I personally feel I connect most to. Um, Like, for example, people who put their work on YouTube or or things like that. Um, I think on that point, I think it's very true that we feel we gravitate more towards the people that are authentic because we feel like a, a stronger sense of connection probably either we can relate or we just kind of see through the lens we kind of see that they're being more authentic they're being more true to themselves and we feel that connection whereas if someone's you know being fake or pretending that they know so and so um we just it just we get this vibe of like I don't I don't feel a connect with you kind of thing yeah yeah it's also because you see that there's another human at the other side of the screen because you're really just seeing pixels on the screen when you see someone on YouTube, for example. And it's, sometimes it's hard to really, for it to sink in and say, well, it's actually a real person who's producing all this work. And so by showing work that is more authentic, uh, we'll talk about in, in more detail what being authentic means, but I feel that that really sort of lets you have a more clear picture of what this person's purpose is um, and hopefully help you as well find your own. But um, yeah, I I read this really interesting or inspiring quote um, the other day. Um, It's, I'm gonna read it out for you. It's not up to us whether what we do is any good. Um, I actually heard it from a TED talk uh, that the actor Ethan Hawke um, said, but I'm not pretty sure like this has been said multiple times before him um, but basically what it is saying is that we may put our work out there but then we don't know how others will perceive what we've produced so you know there might be people who criticize our work really harshly and they disagree with it there might be others who praise it and think that it's amazing but we won't really know until it's out there and then people can draw their own conclusions from that so I think that that particular quote really inspires me and I hope that inspires you too um, to really think that you have nothing to lose and it's you know after what we'll talk as well about um, people's perceptions of what we do in a bit but I think that first of all it's important to give ourselves like that create that creative permission to just make what's true to us uh instead of trying to please other people's um ideas of what is right let's say yeah I totally agree and I think I'm not sure if this kind of links into what we're saying but referring back to the book of show your work by Austin Cleon it talks about just starting and genuinely just showing your work like you know sometimes we're too afraid but the first tip is to just start and release something make that blog that you want to make make that youtube channel um start that community or it doesn't have to be those sorts of things it can also be other other things as well but i think essentially it's just about starting and starting that process and another key point that the book mentions is basically share what you love and essentially 
if you share what you love, what you're passionate about, people who love the same things that you love will follow you and they will be the first people that kind of build that community with you. So let's say in terms of a YouTube channel, if you're passionate about traveling or you're passionate about cooking and you start making videos about that and you show your process and you know, going from, let's say, someone who's never traveled before to then traveling the world or for someone who's starting, has started cooking. Because um, the book also started, talks about being an amateur, being a beginner, as opposed to being a professional in that field. And I think that a lot of us feel this sort of imposter syndrome of I shouldn't be releasing, uh, I shouldn't be writing a book or I shouldn't have this YouTube channel about cooking because there's way better people on YouTube out there for that job. But that's where you're kind of not allowing your your creative process to flow and to share that with other people because of the fear of there's better people out there. But I think that we can relate more to people who have been through the process, who are, you know, let's use the cooking example if I start a YouTube channel as a beginner cook and then I wanted to get progressively better those people that are also starting off might sense a feeling of closeness to me they can sort of relate because I can relate to the struggles from you know starting my cooking career or that's the same thing as for example when you know without going too far in my degree, there we have tutors and the tutors are usually final year students and they, they're very good at giving advice because they've gone through the same sort of struggles and through the same things that we currently are facing. Whereas maybe a lecturer or a professor, they have had so many years of experience in perhaps work um, before, like, you know, before. So they probably had a lot of years in industry and in work that they've kind of forgotten what it was to like what it was like to be a student so hopefully that makes sense to what I was saying earlier but in the sense that you don't need to be a professional in that field for example I was tutoring higher physics and I tutor higher physics and you know I'm not a physics teacher but I do have the sort of capabilities of teaching that or tutoring that because I've done it myself, but also because I did it kind of recently. So I might not be an expert, but I did it recently enough to kind of relate to the students and have that more, um, like be able to relate to students where someone who might be a professor in physics might not be as good of a teacher or a tutor because they did it a very long time ago and they maybe don't know how to like dump things down or explain sim terms simply in, in simple language let's see so that's just some examples that I was thinking about in terms of you know showing your work and not being afraid to kind of start even if you're a complete beginner amateur no matter your level just kind of start yeah yeah this reminds me of what we discussed with our guest Diana and our previous um podcast episode about her starting to play the keyboard or piano and just not being afraid to even document her journey from the very beginning, from not knowing even how to play or knowing how to read um, the notes. And and I think that it's there's beauty in, in that and just acknowledging that you're not going to be amazing uh, at all from the very beginning, but diving right in it. So I, I totally agree with, with what you said, and I really liked the examples that you used. Um, 
I also wanted to say, I think that um, talking about, I, I just remember something about Deanna actually as well. I love that she started her YouTube channel because, you know, there's many streamers out there. There's actually not that many chess streamers when she started, but there were some chess streamers. And I just like that she started her own Twitch channel because she can also bring new things to the channel like she's very authentic in her own ways and she's special in her own ways and let's say she was like oh no there's already chess streamers out there why should I start and then we'd be missing out on her community we'd be missing out already on the lovely community that she's been that she has created so you know don't be afraid to start something because you don't know how 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 much of an impact it could have on on a community on society um, and yeah just kind of be authentic kind of teach people about your process and be very open about things and don't shy away because people want authenticity at the end of the day and that's how you can connect with people more kind of telling them how you're progressing rather than saying I got from here to here and it was just you know magic it's better to kind of see how you get it yeah I agree and on the topic of authenticity I wanted to say that it's so important to what you said earlier to be vulnerable and just show your raw self and in a way it's also so beautiful because everybody is unique so we should celebrate our uniqueness and just show even like our quirky and weird sizes sides as well I think that I really personally enjoy watching people who aren't afraid of uh looking foolish and I feel that personally I struggle to do that sometimes because we'll talk about it in a bit, but like because of perfectionism and wanting everything to be under control and et cetera. But I feel that lately what with my creative process, which is besides this podcast is um, my YouTube videos and just creating um, a couple of videos for my channel. I felt that at, at times I was uh, more sort of leaning towards uh cutting out some parts of like my vlogs because I was like oh this is probably too weird or I said this thing that I wish I hadn't said but lately I've been trying to sort of rip out less of the content and just putting it out as I said it and at the time and as I was feeling at the time which I think is a truer representation of the feelings and thoughts at that particular moment of that trip and in that way and I hope anyway the audience can have a more real connection to to the situation at that time. And ha something similar happened recently. I was uh, making a post on my Instagram and it was just late, late at night and I just had a lot of thoughts in my mind. And it was just like a journal entry of sorts, but I decided to post it as a caption and it was quite deep. And I know you're not on Instagram, Monica, so I'll share it with you <laughs> afterwards, actually. But um, yeah, at first I was like, should I post it? Should I not? And I think it's been through th these past months or, or just a couple of years that I felt more comfortable with my own ideas that I've been willing to share with the world. Because before I used to be very reserved in that sense or on that front. And so I just posted it and I went to bed and I was like, whether this is received well or not, you know, it doesn't matter. It's what I think and what's on my mind. Um, and then part of me was like, if it's really bad, I'll just take it down, you know, <laughs> worst comes to worst. But, um, but no, people, people, uh, maybe they were being polite or maybe they actually agreed with whatever I was saying, but um, they were really kind in the comments or, or with the engagement. So I thought that that was just many times we think that 
everything is going to end up being this catastrophe because we don't know what to expect. Um, but it's often because if we experience this uh, spotlight effect of sorts and think that everything is like going to judge us or we, we have this, everybody's going to think about what we're doing. We're in, in, in truth, like someone might scroll through your post and say, oh, I love this. <laughs> and then just move on with their lives where you've spent so much time putting something out there. And the truth is, it's not that deep. Yeah, I think we are our biggest critics. And as you said, people aren't really like, you know, if they're on Instagram, they're probably scrolling, they give a like, they comment, like, this is amazing, this is nice. But they won't really overthink things unless something's like very controversial, let's say. And that's where we probably feel a little bit more scared to show our work or to show our ideas and our thinking when things get a little bit more controversial. If we think that people are going to agree with, the our ideas it's not as let's say scary to kind of kind of post that or show that um but yeah I think when things get a little bit more controversial then we start to overthink it a little bit more and think twice whether we want to show that or not but I think it's important to sometimes be a little bit controversial and have people disagreeing and you know, it's part of life. And I think a lot of time I'm kind of, let's say, guilty of this. I don't really like to, I'm not a very controversial person. I used to, for example, let's say we're in a, I was in a group, um, in a group project or something and people would have certain ideas. I would kind of express what I thought as well. But oftentimes if there's like a majority that thinks a certain way, we feel kind of scared to say, oh, this is how I think. And I'm not sure how this relates to the spotlight effect. I will link it back. But yeah, just having that more belief in yourself and saying like, I stand up for my ideas. I stand up for my beliefs. And I also respect other people's, you know, um, ideas as well. So back um, referring back to the spotlight effect, I wanted to say that, yeah, essentially people don't really put that much don't really put that much sort of emphasis on what you may be doing unless they strongly relate to it and they really like your work or unless they you know are there and they completely disagree and they're like hating on you and being really mean and you know being that other side of sort of the your way of thinking if that makes sense (laughs) yeah and what you're saying about people hating on your work as well sometimes we have this idea that if we put something out there then if it's received badly we're going to get so much hate and unless it's something extremely controversial most of the time people won't care um so before we put our work out there we we shouldn't just be as afraid of the potential backlash or negativity that co- may come with our uh, with, with whatever that we are producing, because even if there's people who don't take it well, I mean, unless it's like complete hate speech, and then you're you know they're not giving you any constructive feedback, um, and that's useless. But if they if there's people who maybe dislike what you've done, like imagine you're you've written an article and it's just badly written, and you've done your best, but 
um, it's just not quite there. And then someone, you know, says, oh, hey, I think like you didn't, you could have done, explain this part better, et cetera. Then that's something you can learn from. You can take back and say, well, I'll improve uh, on this for next time. And as we said in a few of our episodes, is that it's so important to just um, get your work out there as soon as you can and not be afraid. Like the first time, I assure you, is going to be so filled with anxiety just getting out there the first youtube video the first blog post the first whatever is going to be scary the first podcast episode was scary but as you get uh, more familiar with the process more confident in yourself i guarantee you you're going to get better and then it's just going to become almost second nature you know and you're going to keep improving but it's like the the 51st um podcast episodes are going to be crap you know like we're doing our best here but they may be no good and maybe we'll look back after we've done 100 podcasts hopefully uh podcast episodes and then we'll we'll look at our progression and that's just such a satisfying uh feeling in my mind so just keep working at it and you'll really develop that skill that you're trying to to refine yeah and i think it's just important to you know produce content and sometimes people like ourselves are such perfectionists then it holds us back from actually publishing certain things or you know being consistent but I think that essentially at the beginning quantity is more important than quality and we should focus on producing content and it doesn't have to be perfect like obviously you don't want to publish things that are absolute trash but you do want to you know, at least kind of get creative with, with the process. And if things don't work out, let's say you're a journalist or you're a writer and you have a blog and you post every Monday and then one day you didn't really have any idea of, you know, you didn't have like a good topic to talk about, you should probably still talk about something that you can think of. Like it might not be an amazing piece of writing, but at least you're kind of keeping consistent and people are still engaging in your content. And then eventually you know, maybe you can hire people to write to help you write or get like a bigger team to help you produce more quality content, maybe improve your graphics and so on. But firstly, you just want to attract like an audience and just try and give your ideas and what you have to offer to the world and then people will come to you and from then on you can improve the quality of it. Whereas if you're trying to make something amazing from day one, then you know obviously you can do that but you just have to know that the process you're going to improve anyway through the process when someone starts a youtube channel you know some people have been on youtube for eight years and you compare their videos from now to eight years ago and you know they could have said i'm not going to start a youtube channel because my videos are not good enough but they learn through the process they learn through their career in youtube and it's kind of the part of it it's the beauty of it and some people now that i want to start a youtube channel they're like oh my my you know, graphics, everything has to be amazing, amazing. Yes, I mean, there's definitely a lot more competition in YouTube nowadays, but it also shouldn't hold you back because you still learn through the process and it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm not going to start it because everyone's got amazing cameras, everyone's got, you know, amazing editors. So just, you know, just go for it if you want to do that, whether that's a blog or you want to start something Yeah, new. that's also a very important point where you just said about, not waiting until you have all the gear that you think you may need to 
make a YouTube video, for example, or let's say you want to practice, like Diana said, actually, like practice playing the keyboard. She just got a, a cheap keyboard uh, from somewhere online. <laughs> so yeah, don't let those things slow you down. And if you're really wanting to, for example, write an article, anyone can write that, you know, pen and paper, uh, your phone, your laptop, um, that's easy. But a thing that I, I wanted to mention as well is with regards to people pleasing that we are so afraid of um, we're afraid of having people dislike our work and not everybody loving it. And realistically, it, that's not possible. You know, you can't have everyone love your work because everybody has different interests. Everybody has different preferences and different ideas of what is um, enjoyable for them. So this is something very important to wrap our heads around. And I think I still struggle to this day uh, because I am a huge people pleaser. I'm just still working on, on being less of it. But it's, it's vital, really, to understand this. And another thing I also wanted to say is um, the fact of, like, this is also personal to me. I don't know if you do this, Monica. But I also, um, when I try to speak, even when I'm trying to, explain my thoughts on this podcast I always try to be extremely politically correct and always not try to offend anyone and obviously that's stuff that you should do but at the same time I don't allow myself to just let my thoughts flow through you know like I always have to like think of what I'm saying before I, I put it out there so I feel like this podcast is a good exercise for me to just say what I'm what's on my mind because most of the time I sort of measure the words that I'm using instead of just saying them out straight away. Do you get what I mean? Really? So do you overthink? Like when you're saying things, do you think, should I say this and then say it? Or do you just I feel it? like most of the time, yes, I'm trying not to say things that may be too controversial, like we said, because I'm afraid of confrontation. <laughs> I mean, I, we don't really have many controversial things. I'm trying to think of what it may be that you haven't said no, because it might you know be I don't mean necessarily that there is controversial thoughts that are in my head and I want to express it's just that the way that I present my thoughts I want to make sure that everybody is like okay with it if that makes sense when it's not really possible because there might be people who don't agree with our ideas you know um, I'm not sure if I'm explaining this completely how I'm, I'm wanting to explain it um I I actually think I understand what you mean though like for example this is something that I used to experience a lot I'm not sure if it's related but I used to experience this like a lot I feel like this is why I I think this is one of the reasons why I had like social anxiety because for example in social situations I would always overthink things like I would think what am I going to say and then say it or I would think, what am I going to say? And then I would never say it because I would think, should I say this? Should I say this? And then when you overthink it that much, you're like, you don't say it unless you actually say it, if that makes sense. Like, I'm trying to think, maybe I'm, for example, I just have a random example. But when I was in high school, maybe someone was, let's say, saying mean things to me and I didn't reply because I was like, should I say this? Should I not? Because I wanted to say like the perfect thing or I wanted the perfect comeback. And I ended up not seeing it or just many examples where I was like 
oh but is this like the right sentence is that the right thing and it was so consuming it was like I remember googling I was like a teenager and I remember just googling like why do I overthink everything I say blah 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 I just remember like overthinking everything whereas now I feel like I don't really do that as much I mean I obviously do that probably to a certain degree with certain things but I usually just kind of say what's on my mind to be honest most of the time I think I think you hit the nail right on the head with this and this ties really nicely into crippling perfectionism which we were going to discuss in this episode and it's that what you it's what you said about always wanting to say the right thing um which I struggle to to this day obviously it's not as crippling as it used to be in high school where I genuinely did not speak I was so shy and you know even like I wanted to imagine I wanted to speak to someone um approach someone in class and then I would overthink should I speak to them should I not and then like it would just go in my mind and then eventually like the class would be over or something and then I would get the chance you know um <laughs> so it's it's really about in those such those circumstances the best thing was just to not think about it and just do it because otherwise you wouldn't have you wouldn't ask this person or something or you wouldn't ask them oh hello how are you or hello my name is Christina um but yeah I think that obviously now I'm a bit older and I've learned over the years and I've become more confident in different areas but I still feel that I need to say the correct thing in many areas of my life and so it it becomes difficult for me to really express myself without not finding the words that I need like I am a bit like right now I totally get you I think also it comes from a place of insecurity I don't know if you ever got this but maybe you were in a group project and you didn't want to say what you thought because you maybe thought oh what if they ask me this I don't know how to reply and you would have a conversation in your head thinking if I say this they're gonna ask what about this like you're in a project and you're talking uh, you're talking technical stuff right and you say, what happens if we use this kind of stuff? Like I'm thinking of a project to do with like construction or building um, building something. And then I, I might say, why don't we use this material? And then the other person goes, yeah, but blah, 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 blah about this material. And you think that they know more and you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh, well, I shouldn't say that in the first place because they probably know more about that specific material than I do or they probably know more about the specific thing and then they're going to ask me something and I won't know how to respond so I shouldn't say this in the first place and it's like holy shit stop for a second why are you overthinking the whole conversation just say it. if they say something just be like okay got you I, I don't know like very much about this material or you know it's chill I think it does come a place from it does come from a place of perfectionism and always wanting to say the right thing which is what Chris was saying earlier and it can just be so draining and you end up not saying anything and you end up being quiet because you're like, oh, someone's going to say something about what I just said. And it's like holding you back. And yeah, it's just yeah, not good. So true. I, I think this insecurity that we have or we've had um, about wanting to control every single outcome. So wanting to know specifically every single factor or every single sentence that someone else could come up um, and say to us it's so exhausting to think about you know and and many times I I find myself especially in high school where I would have these conversations in my head that obviously were never going to happen 
you know, instead of just having these conversations because I was too afraid of the outcome. So many times we were more afraid of what would happen than what actually, like what would have happened. You know, it's always, like we always thought about worst case scenario, which is so draining. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to, in order to get over, to overcome this crippling perfectionism, to just learn to be okay with a degree of uncertainty in our lives and just understand that we can't control everything, you know, and stuff is going, is not going to go away and we should be okay with that. And the most important thing as well, which I have learned um, over the past couple of years is that just facing the problem and having the discussions with people, like if there is a something, someone who's making you upset or you think something isn't going well with, um, let's say a friend, you've had a discussion, but instead of being passive aggressive, just talk about it. Um, like guaranteed most of the time if people have a degree of understanding and 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 like mutual respect you'll come i mean i want to i want to think so but you'll come to an agreement and you'll just try and and solve the situation like adults <laughs> i also want to add as well i think the crippling of perfectionism also comes from a place of fearing failure I think that as perfectionists we need to be okay with failing and sometimes failing is actually okay and it makes things it normalizes things actually because I feel like if you try to do everything perfect you try and get you know you're trying to just have the perfect outcome all the time then you kind of have to live up to that standard whereas if you allow yourself to fail you know maybe you wanted to do something and you failed and that is okay and I think that is important and it's part of the process and also you know when when showing your work and showing your process and showing and sharing your story I think it's important to also show your failures and show the moments where you know you didn't do so good and this is actually links in quite well with results that I got today I actually did really bad in some of my results I did really well in some of them but I did really bad in some of them and I was quite upset but then it made me think that is okay because my university career is a long process and you know even if I do bad in like certain subjects um, I don't want to let that stop me from continuing to work hard and put in the work and yes you know sometimes it's upsetting because you put in so much work you put in hours you know I was gonna say sweat and tears maybe okay maybe not sweat and tears but you put in a lot of work and when it doesn't reflect on your grades, it can be quite upsetting, but it's just part of a process. You know, sometimes you hear about people that dropped out of uni and then they end up following another path and became really successful in another field or you hear about people, you know, failing. You always, I always, um, I was thinking about these motivational talks where there's, there's a guy saying like, um don't worry if you fail get back up you can do this blah 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 blah. and it's like yeah like just because I was talking about degree uh, not degrees like grades here you know maybe someone's um doing a higher degree or you're at high school sorry I was talking about Scottish qualifications but maybe they didn't do very well an exam or they failed or they just didn't get the grade that they wanted you know don't let yourself be defined by your failures as well as you know perfectionism um like per- perfectionists they might be down because they didn't complete a task or they didn't achieve 
they didn't fulfill a activity or a task to their standards and that is sort of a failure that's to them to them right because failure is very subjective to each and every one of us failure doesn't mean you got less than 50 percent and you failed um failure is very subjective um to each and every one of us so yeah i think allowing yourself to kind of sometimes like be okay with failure and just kind of going at it you know if you want to pursue something you want to yeah, you want to release something, but you're too scared of failure. Maybe you didn't get very many likes or maybe your video didn't get many views and you consider that as failure. That's okay. Keep going. Don't think because you got like two views that your video won't be successful. We always refer to YouTube, but I think it's a very easy example to refer to. But yeah, hopefully that kind of makes sense as to what I was talking about, crippling perfectionism, fearing failure and coming from a place of like insecurity and I think it's things that it's important to work on because being a perfectionist being a perfectionist is tiring draining and it just affects your relationships with people and it affects your daily life and it's not it's not good it's not good so yeah I think just also another thing that I want to add is put yourself in uncomfortable situations this is something that Omar spoke about in his podcast and I like to refer to that in the episode, in the podcast episode. And I like to refer to that because it's like really important to put yourself in uncomfortable situations because you might make yourself a fool or you might fail. And that's the beauty of it. It'll become more normal to you and you want to keep trying new things. And you'll find, you know, instead of closing yourself in your own little bubble and saying, I'm only going to do things that I know that I can achieve, you know, you won't actually put yourself out there in new positions, you know, try uh playing keyboard like Diana was doing because you might think oh no but I can't play any instrument things like that like it holds you back from opportunities and experiences that you otherwise wouldn't experience if you don't yeah I agree I think that that sort of really comes back to us doing this podcast you know it was an uncomfortable position we we initially released our trailer uh one minute trailer for the podcast in was it July I think and we didn't start our first episode until the beginning of September because we, we really weren't like sure what this was going to be but I'm so proud that we we took that step and then we made it happen and then now we feel more comfortable but at the beginning it was definitely out of our comfort zone completely. Um, I want to thank you Monica for sharing with us um, your experience uh, with your grades because I I think that is it's so important what you said about just also acknowledging our failures, what we perceive are our failures. And so I'm just really proud of you for also coming to the realization that grades don't really define or aren't a true representation of all your efforts at university, you know, and you did your very best. So you should be very, you should be very proud of yourself for that. And yeah, you've got, you still have two and a half years to go girl so you got this <laughs> you'll be absolutely fine I know you will yeah I will update you guys on how I'm doing but yeah I'm just trying to enjoy the degree not trying to focus on grades obviously grades do affect you know um like my overall degree classification at the end of it but I'm trying to focus on learning and trying to improve my grades and just like enjoy the process rather than getting caught up and like I need to get like an A in every subject um you know hopefully 
I can get yeah. the grades that I And I, I think grades for. are a bit like what you but, said about YouTube views or, you know, uh, Instagram followers. It's just, they're just numbers at the end of the day. So the number of views or like visits in your blog, like they don't really determine how good your content is. Exactly. And I think it it's things that you cannot control. I was talking to my brother and it's things, as you said, the views, the likes, the grades, you cannot control that. Of course, you can work really hard. Uh, but remember, you know, imagine one day you feel really ill and you have to sit your exam or one day you're not feeling well or you have five exams in a row like I did. And of course, that really affects the the exams because I wouldn't, you know, my performance wouldn't be the same if I had my exams spread apart, let's say two days between each, uh, instead of having like, you know, five exams in a week, like in the space of four days. So yeah, I mean, like it's things that I couldn't control the, for example, the, the dates of my exams. I can't control my grades. They're already done. They're already there. I can't control, you know, for example, with YouTube, you can't control the views that you get. You can't control the likes, the comments. There are things that are out with our control. And as long as we focus on the things that we can control, for example, me putting in more work, having a better structure to my routine, um, learning things, doing more questions, asking lecture, that's things that, like asking lecture for questions when I have doubts, that's things that are in my control that will, you know, make let's say the grade perhaps higher and with YouTube as well there's other things that you can control but there's other things that you cannot so we shouldn't get bogged down and on the you know things that we can't control and be upset because we just I think can't it's do anything so important it. to yeah. understand that both take part are both very important so the fact that we can't there's things that we can't control but also understand that there's things that we can't control and do something about those because it can be easy to just say, well, I can't control the outcome of this. I'm not going to try, you know, like that is not how it works. You have to put in the work. And I also wanted to say that basically if you're putting in the work, if you want to, if you want to sort of get better grades or you want to put your work out there, you know, you want to know how to get there. So how do you start? Let's say. So that's one of the things that we wanted to mention on today's podcast and basically one of the things I wanted to discuss Monica is making the most of our unfair advantages um so unfair advantages can be um can be different like uh, attributes that we have or for example it can be we've got experience in a certain field or Maybe we know people in a certain area that can help us and like our network or connections, or it can be that we're naturally very switched on in a certain area. We're really passionate about it. So these are all examples of certain unfair advantages that we may have. And these we can all use to our benefit to sort of accelerate our learning or our skills in, in the area that we want to sort of develop. So for example, I wanted to add as well, I think, yeah, definitely you kind of mentioned some unfair advantages that people have. And I think every single person has an unfair advantage, whether that is certain things like, you know, like race and 
financial situation, like political, um, like all those socioeconomic aspects, some people have an unfair advantage over other people. And that's the reality of the world. But I think that, you know, just because you're a certain race over the other, it doesn't mean that you're better over the other. It just means that some people have an unfair advantage in certain things. For example, let's say I know Spanish and I want to work in Spain. I know the language. And because I'm from there, I might get an unfair advantage over someone else who, okay, this is just a, an example of, of course, you know, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't have an advantage, but maybe like if you know a language or you're from a certain country or um, let's say. Yeah, a good example yeah, like that I was thinking diff- was yeah. basically pars- passport privilege, which is a very big uh, unfair advantage. Like, for instance, if you have a British passport or any like e- European Union passport for that matter, actually, you can travel visa free to many countries. I mean, maybe not now <laughs> during a pandemic, but as opposed to other countries that are that have way weaker passports, let's say. You know, and that really opens a lot of doors for you. Um, and maybe us, we don't think about that because, you know, with a Spanish passport, you can travel to many places. But if you had a weaker passport, then you'd really have to take into consideration every single time that you wanted to travel. You know, you have to pay extra fees. You have to wait for the visa to be accepted, approved. Maybe it's cancelled um, or withdrawn. You have to like apply again, etc. So this is very... Um, a very long process that you have to take into consideration that for us we don't have to think twice about we just cross the border yeah I totally agree I think that's a a good example that you gave there I think there's many examples as well for example I just thought of of Ali Abdal and his unfair advantages he was kind of talking about I can't remember what he said, but he's uh, he used to go to Cambridge University. So he studied at Cambridge and that was kind of an unfair advantage because when he went to do his YouTube video, it was kind of like he had that label of Cambridge University, which kind of gave him an edge um, because of the institution and sort of the reputation that it has. And it doesn't have to be about like going to fancy uni. It doesn't have to be about that. It could be you know, a specific skill that you have, maybe you're really, really good at coding, but someone else isn't like as good as you and you have that slightly fair advantage, but they may, you know, um, have, they may know more languages than you do or someone may, you know, like there's so many unfair advantages out there, like so, so many, it doesn't all come down to race, politics, money and passport privilege, like, every single person has their unfair advantages that other people don't have and it's about how do we find these and it's not like your generic you know privileges like it really depends on each and every single one of us and it's how do we use these to our advantage to you know for example like we play chess maybe there's other people that don't play chess how can we use this skill that we have as an advantage or if someone like go skydiving every month like that's a you know something that a lot of people don't do so it's like an unfair advantage because it makes you yeah I think it's up to us to recognize our unfair advantages and then to go ahead and exploit them to our benefit but that's that's very important in itself but also we shouldn't forget that the most important in my opinion is 
putting the work, you know, putting the hours, because is often talked about, you know, oh, this, you have some, you're so talented in this particular area, and people think that you're just, um, you know, geniuses are just um, like born a certain way, but they don't realize that the amount of hours that are have to be dedicated in order to, you know, become world champion. I'm just thinking of like Magnus Carlsen, for example, <laughs> um, the world chess champion. So mm-hmm. the, the main message here is to, yes, make sure that you recognize the areas in which you already have a head start and you can benefit from, but also ensure that you really do your research about what you want to do and, at the same time, not be too caught up in the preparation towards the product, the creation that you're wanting to make and just put it out there. You know, even if you feel like you're not ready, you're never going to be ready. Listen, (laughs) that is so true. You're never going to be fully ready. So just dive right in and right into the unknown (laughs) and just um, put your work out there. 100 percent yeah put your put your work out there what are you waiting for just do it just start and go and inspire people and get your creative juices out so yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this lovely episode episode 19 of writing into the unknown and we will see you guys in the next one bye with our new guest bye